Hello and welcome to Reading Spanish, a podcast in which we read and discuss passages from Spanish language literature. I'm your host, Nick Barr, and this is episode six. Today we'll be reading um, one of my favorite contemporary poets, and that's Ray Armentrout. Um, Armentrout is not uh, Latino, nor does she write in Spanish, so this is going to be um, another episode like what we did with Wallace Stevens in episode four, where we're going to read her in um, the native English um, and today I, I found um, a translation of one of her poems that I want to read and then I actually kind of want to critique it and provide an alternate translation. Um, I found Ray Armentrout through uh, University of Pennsylvania. Um, I think Al Filarese was the first person who uh, introduced me to her in his excellent uh, MOOC on Coursera for modern and contemporary poetry. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, and then while researching her, I found a really nice interview with her in a Spanish magazine called Jot Down. Um, I'll share a link in the episode notes. Um, it's in Spanish and English. Um, and while reading that interview, uh, she said some interesting things about translation. Um, you know, one of the things she said, uh, and I'll just quote, uh, another difficulty in my work is that since it's so condensed, since my poems and lines are short, every word has to carry maximum significance. For this reason, double meetings are often quite important in the poems, and these always get lost in translation. I'm afraid that if the double meanings are lost and the full range of possible connotations, tonal and otherwise, isn't available, that the poems will seem kind of flat. Um, a pretty straightforward point here, very unpoety of her, just kind of plain speak, um, but one that definitely resonates uh, with me as I've tried to read and translate um, some of my favorite poems. And I think Armin Trout is uh, a perfect poet to um, dive into here because you'll notice right away she's very concise. Um, she seems really interested in precision. Um, she cites as one of her influences Basho, um, who wrote those, uh, you know, kind of haiku and other really terse poems. And, you know, when you look at haiku as an example, it's a perfect example of translating into English, where in Japanese haiku are incredibly rich in meaning. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm just sort of the opinion that haiku just don't work in English. Uh, I'm not a fan. Um, although I really like this uh, John Cage haiku that uh, I'll also share in the YouTube notes um, about a mushroom. He offers three or four translations of it. It's very funny. Um, and I think it... it gets closer to the spirit of haiku than anything else I've ever uh, encountered. Um, so first we'll read the poem in English um, and just do kind of a brief discussion of it. Um, then I'll read the translation provided by Jotdown magazine. Um, and I, I've got to assume that that was produced by Jotdown. I'm not sure if it was published elsewhere. It's not, it's not clear. Um, and then I'll kind of discuss why I don't think that translation works and um, I'll provide my own, which might also not work, but hopefully if it doesn't work, it doesn't work for different reasons. So the poem is called Integer, um, and it goes like this. One. One what? One grasp? No hands, no collection of stars. Something dark pervades it. Two. Metaphor is ritual sacrifice. It kills the lookalike. No, metaphor is homeopathy. A healthy cell exhibits contact inhibition. Three, these temporary credits will no longer be reflected in your next billing period. Four, dark, 
meaning not reflecting, not amenable to suggestion. So that's integer. That's from her, um, I think, Pulitzer Prize-winning book, Versed, um, which I, I think was written um, during a bout with cancer, about of cancer, about with cancer, um, a battle with cancer uh, that I think, I, I don't know, it's been a while since I read about um, Armin Trout, but I, I think kind of was expected to kill her and then didn't. Um, and hopefully, knock on wood, it's in remission now. Um, but this is a poem that's uh, certainly dealing with death, decay, illness. Um, it starts out in darkness, uh, almost kind of a Beckett question, one, one what? So you'll see in the, in the episode notes, the poem begins with one as in a, a label for stanza. And I, I don't know, I've seen people read those and not read those, but I think it's important to read it you know, just because the first line, one what? is is a question of that label. Um, so there's sort of this emptiness. What is, what is populated by this universe? One, okay, one, one what? It's, it's a syntax versus content question, right? One, the stanza label is almost metadata. It's context for the poem. Um, and the poem's content immediately challenges the presence of any kind of content. It says one, okay, well, one, one what? Um, and the things that it posits are negatives. There's no hands, um, so there can't be a grasp. No collection of stars, uh, no constellation. That's interesting, kind of the usage of collection of stars. It's like such a well-defined word, um, constellation. It's, it's like, uh, it's interesting, sort of providing a definition that's so concise that it begs the question, well, why didn't you use the word constellation? Um, but we get into the cancer talk in stanza two metaphor, which, um, you know, is maybe kind of the atomic unit of poetry metaphor and of language metaphor is ritual sacrifice. It kills the lookalike. No metaphor is homeopathy. So homeopathy is, um, the pseudoscience introduced in the 1700s. Um, that kind of has as its doctrine, like cures like, um, the idea that something that would cause illness in a healthy person is the same thing that would cure illness in a sick person. Um, and homeopathy, of course, homeopathic treatments don't work, um, are not cures for cancer. So we start with Metaphor kills the look like metaphor is sacrifice. No, metaphor is actually worse than that. Metaphor, um, it doesn't kill, or if it does kill, it kills pa passively. It's homeopathy. It's bunk. It's pseudoscience. It's not the real thing. It doesn't kill the look alike. It introduces a look alike. Um, that word like in look alike um, is kind of called indirectly through the word homeopathy. Like cures like. Um, and she goes on, a healthy cell exhibits contact inhibition. Contact inhibition is a um, kind of a concept in chemistry or biology. Um, the idea is um, cells um, split, they divide, um, and they'll keep dividing, but they'll stop dividing when they bump into each other. The idea is that's kind of how they know that they've reached the limit of their space. 
Um, and so a healthy cell exhibits contact inhibition. Um, it's kind of a check against um, overgrowth. And cancerous cells don't, don't show this property. So cancerous cells will continue to divide even when um, they're bumping up against other cells. Um, so there, you know, there's real meaning here um, as well as a nice juxtaposition of exhibiting inhibition um, in, in isolation, that would feel like a paradox or nonsensical exhibiting inhibition. But here in science, we've got actually a really meaningful instance of that. Um, the next stanza, these temporary credits will no longer be reflected in your next billing period. To me, it just sounds like uh, a customer support way of saying you're dead, right? Life is a temporary credit <laughs> and your next, your next billing period won't, <laughs> won't display it. Um, I thought that was dark, uh, dark humor, um, but going on to the next and last stanza, dark, no, not dark meaning dark humor or dark meaning um, sour or evil or tinielas. Um, but this is a callback to stanza one, something dark. Well, okay, something dark, what do we mean? Dark meaning not reflecting, not amenable to suggestion. Maybe that's, maybe that's kind of the definition of death for, for our narrator. So uh, I enjoy this poem um, uh, a lot. And, you know, when we read the translation, I think we'll see um, some of the issues um, that, we, that we find trying to translate a poem that's kind of that uh, concise with its meaning. This translation is called Numero Entero. Un. Un que. Lo has cogido? Sin manos. Sin colección de estrellas. Algo oscuro lo impregna. Dos. La metáfora es el sacrificio ritual. Mata la similitud. No. La metáfora es homeopatía. Una célula sana se inhibe ante el contacto. 3. Este crédito provisional ya no vendrá reflejado en tu próximo periodo de facturación. 4. Y lo oscuro que quiere decir lo que no es reflejo, lo que no es susceptible de sugerirse. So that's the translation um, provided by Jotdown. Again, I'm not, I'm not clear who, who wrote it. Um, and I guess what I found to be interesting with this translation is, you know, one, the introduction of articles, um, which is right for Spanish. So in Spanish, you're, you're going to typically see articles, la and el, uh, more often. So for instance, when this poem begins, metaphor is ritual sacrifice. Uh, it's translated la metaphora, but like haiku where syllables are um, currency, to me it's it's this interesting tension, and maybe it's just sort of a problem of untranslatability. But Armentrout is so deliberate about not including articles that there's kind of a, there. It's just an open question whether whether it's better to adhere to her precision and her sparseness, or to better to adhere to the, conventions of the language, because certainly she's not violating any language rules in English. Um, 
semantics may sometimes be unclear, but the syntax is always um, proper. Even the title of this poem, Numero Intero, the integer doesn't have a clean translation. Um, but Numero Intero, it almost loses the spirit of integralness, integrity of integer. Um, you know, and then uh, another issue is, is really kind of expressed in stanza four. You've got this really great compact two-liner, dark meaning not reflecting. So that's four words. Um, and you've got kind of that slant rhyme type thing uh, on the gerunds, meaning reflecting. Um, gerunds used differently. Well, actually, I guess they're not gerunds. They're um, progressive. So meaning it's the verb, not reflecting. That's a verb. Um, but gerunds are just an interesting thing in English that, that don't exist in Spanish. Um, in Spanish, you can't use the ing um, suffix to represent like no smoking. Um, and in general, you know, yendo isn't, you know, we were walking, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's less common. Um, as a result, dark meaning not reflecting gets translated to y lo oscuro que quiere decir lo que no es reflejo. And all those little lo que no es, uh, to me, is just like completely um, loses the spirit uh, of, of what Armentrout's doing. Um, but I, again, I appreciate the difficulty. One little error that's actually a massive error is the healthy cell exhibits got translated to una célula sana se inhibe, which is the opposite of exhibits. Se inhibe ante el contacto. Um, so you've lost the juxtaposition of exhibit and inhibit, and you've also lost the reference to contact inhibition, which is an important kind of concept in science. So, you know, a lot of Armentrout's concerns that we talked at the top of the show, um, you know, kind of get borne out in this translation. Um, so I'm going to read uh, my translation and I'm going to bail um, kind of after reading it rather than discuss it in, in any great detail. Um, and I'll just leave it to the listener to choose. Um, I guess before I read it, I'll just say that I think my translation uh, certainly is worse Spanish um, and tries to err on the side of capturing the precision and conciseness um, and references of Armentrout but at the expense of, of um, probably some, some syntactical best practices for Spanish. So here's, here's my poem, which I called Integra. Un, un que, un agarre, no manos, no colección de estrellas, algo oscuro lo impregna. Dos, metáfora es sacrificio ritual, mata al parecido. No, metáfora es homeopatía. Una célula sana se exhibe inhibición de contacto. 3. Estos créditos temporales ya no estarán reflejados en tu próximo periodo de fracturación. 4. Oscuro, significando no reflejando. No dispuesto a sugerencia. Cool. So that's mine. Um, definitely check out Armin Trout. Um, I'll link to some of my favorite poems of hers in the show note. And uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.